0: Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. We want to give a special welcome to you if this is your first time. And we'd like to invite you to click on the digital connection card up in the corner here and just let us know who you are and maybe how we can pray for you or anything else you'd like to share with us. And if this is your spiritual home, we say welcome to you. And again, you can use that same card. Just let us know something we might be able to pray for or just some information you'd like to share with the office. But regardless, we're just grateful you've found time today to spend some time with us in our online worship experience want to share this exciting news it's small maybe for some but grateful that this past week our friend scott was able to come in and do some hard work on the floors here in the upper hall and just really grateful that he's got it presentable in a whole new way i don't think anything had been done with it since before the lockdown two years ago in march that will create a welcoming environment for those people that do use our space now the girl scouts meet here every other week and we also have a group of narcotics anonymous that meets on thursday nights As well as Alcoholic Anonymous. We're grateful for your faithfulness in supporting the ministry here at Linden Road and allowing us to create those kinds of opportunities for those that need to be connected. I also want to celebrate the good work that's been done through the March of Prayer. This is the second week. Again, if you've not taken a look at it, there's a poster you can download here. If you go to the Facebook page, you can find an archive of the videos from the live stream events each night. And it's so different, uh, so beautiful though, and, and just the idea of the kingdom coming together and as we celebrate, as we establish the kingdom of God here in Mansfield to this march of prayer through the connectedness of the local churches. So again, hope you can take advantage of that. And finally, I want to share with you a short video from a pastor who was also a radio broadcaster in the Ukraine, uh, Pastor Sergei. I've shared a couple of videos of his over the last couple weeks. But just another update from him and in particular i think you'll find it interesting as the message today is going to talk about uh, this question of why should i trust god and i think it's interesting sergey's take on that as sort of a lead into our conversation here together
1: dear friends greetings to you from uh, kiev ukraine war zone and a lot of you are asking me pastor sergey aren't you afraid Of uh, being in Kiev right now? Well, I'm human being and uh, of course I have fears like millions of Ukrainians. But the problem isn't in fear as per se. The question isn't whether I have fears or I don't have fears. Of course I have this fear and this is completely natural. This is human reaction to some problems and obstacles that we have now, namely war. So, what to do with this fear? I may suppress this fear, but this is real problem, because this suppression will lead to explosion, and this explosion could ruin me. Well, maybe then I can react inadequately to other people who are surrounding me and uh, converting my fear into aggression to them. Well, this is not the solution, of course. Because I will ruin myself, and I will ruin those people. Well, maybe then I will allow fear to devour myself. And this is not an option. What to do then in this situation? And the Word of God is so powerful and alive that God, to the Word of God, tells me right now that I could express my fears to my God. Why? because he is right now here with me. I am in his hand and he says, don't be afraid, I am with you. So I could express all of my feelings of fear to him and receive powerful consolation and comfort and internal peace that cannot be described by human words. What is more important, that word of God reminds me, for example, in Psalm 23, these precious words of consolation that are precious remedy for wounded soul. David is saying, When I will go into the valley of death, I will, I will not fear, I will not fear, I will not fear evil. Why? Because you are with me. So God was with David, God is with me right now, God is with us. And he says, don't be afraid, I am with you. Pray for us, support us, that we may continue our ministry here and proclaim good news of Jesus Christ to our people, that they can find the real joy, real comfort and real peace that can be found only in Jesus Christ. Sergei Nakul, Kiev, Ukraine, War Zone.
0: Again, there's a link here for being able to follow the Far East Broadcasting Company, FEBC, and also there's a link here for how you can be praying specifically. But again, we want to pray for God's presence in all these things. Why? It's a simple question with no simple answers. Why now? Why this? Why me? Is God even here? Is he listening? How can we know? We've made it through dark times before, and I want to have faith, but I still wonder, why? This week I had my semi-annual checkup with my doctor, partly because I had changed my meds about a year ago, and he just wanted to see how things were going. And as I sat there in the waiting room with the nurse asking the typical kinds of questions, just to get the, the uh, medical records updated, she said that uh, Lisa said there's two new questions we need to ask. Are you okay if I ask you those? And I said, sure. Uh, she, so the first question was this Over the last two weeks, have you felt down, depressed, or hopeless? And then the second question was Over the last two weeks, have you felt little interest or pleasure in doing things? Well, it's interesting as I was talking with her because I think these questions and the reason why these questions have been developed and been added to the intake process for uh, patients is just to make sure that we're all doing okay uh, mentally and emotionally and even spiritually and I'm grateful that my doctor uh, Roger Snyder is a Christian and one of the things I'm always humbled by is, is after our visit is he's always uh, good to just offer a word of prayer and I'm I'm really grateful for that just because I think all of us need that kind of encouragement and so I think in this current season I don't know about you but I'm pretty sure for me it just seems like life is just one battle after another the the idea that either you're in the middle of a battle currently or you're coming out of one and just trying to catch your breath or you're even going into it Uh, and then when you think about just the ongoing pressure that seems to be there, especially in this season, uh, that these kinds of questions that a doctor would ask is really just to see how we're all doing. And I think too, the idea that we've all been through so much trauma and I'm not sure we've had time to process it because just as soon as we lean into one understanding, you think about the global pandemic that started two years ago and then the economic and the racial and the political. And, and now it just seems like we're trading one more mess for a new mess with, for all that's going on in Ukraine along the Russian border. And yet it can be simply that we're fighting to pay bills and maybe you're fighting an ongoing addiction. If you're a parent, maybe you're just fighting to keep the kids on track. Uh, maybe you're fighting to hold your marriage together or maybe you're, you're fighting some really crazy people. Uh, that who just are just, yeah, you just can't get your mind around all the craziness. For all of us, I think we're worn down. And the fighting it brings about doubt, and the doubt brings about discouragement, and then depression. And so I think these questions that my physician asked is just trying to make sure that all of us are doing okay, to realize that there's a time right now that we all need to just have some clarity in our thoughts. It's interesting when we look at the scriptures, we find here in Psalm 20, King David is getting ready to go for a fight, a major uh, battle he's facing. David gives a powerful statement, one that I believe will build our faith and get us ready for battle. David says this, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. That's verse seven of chapter 20 of Psalms. You know, but it's interesting, I don't know about you, but sometimes, and I've got the, the word some there underlined because it appears twice, I'm often in that some, I don't know about you, uh, that there is those days in my life where I'm trusting more in the chariots and the horses because that's what I can see, uh, and that's where I live my life sometimes. And if I'm going into battle, I think it's easier to trust the war horse than the God that we can't see. So I want to take and try to apply to our context this idea that there needs to be some trust and some knowledge and experience. You can trust in the money that's in the bank, but there's a lot of, right now, especially with gas prices going where they're going, there's not much we can control about that. Really, we're limited in those kinds of things. And so when I think about David, what encourages me the most is that it just isn't his faith, but it's his faith after his doubt. Because we know David's story, right? And it's messy and it's incomplete. And it's interesting, earlier in the Psalms, there's a question that's asked. Uh, He says, and I think it's the same guy, it's King David. He says this, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Verses one and two there. And so, it's interesting that King David, the man that we model our Christian walk after many times, right, at one point he's actually saying, I'm not sure I can trust God. And then somehow it turns, and just a little bit later, David says, with all my heart, I know I do. Today what I want to do is I want to talk about how we move from, I'm not sure I can trust God, to I know I do. And so the question we're going to look at in this Ever Wonder Why series is, why should I trust God? Maybe the question really should be, how do you grow to trust in a God who you can't see? I think even in this current season, for many of us, even for myself as a pastor, uh, even this week, uh, Dan Feldman and I made a trip to join some other Presbyterians uh, in our presbytery over in uh, Canton just to talk about uh, how do we create a model for church for many of our churches that currently are lacking pastors. And it isn't the fault of those that have been so faithful because they have been there over the years, but many of our churches are aging out. And how do we uh, find opportunity? And so it's interesting in this season as we now move into inflation at an unmarked pace. The price of gasoline is the highest it's ever been. Uh, I know here at the church, we just uh, got our uh, budget statement for the next month, and they have increased that only because uh, the utility costs have gone up. Even this week, I spent some time trying to fix a leaky faucet here, and all those things is really frustrating, to be quite honest. And as we lean into these things, what I want us to do is we process this morning, how do we trust God more, or how do you trust in a God you can't see is it really is uh, moving from a perspective is, I'm not sure I can trust God, to I know I do. And it's really a simple process. And it's simply this, is to first question, and then second is to pray, and then third is to surrender. Here online, why don't you repeat that in the chat, it, just to type it out, just so you've got a sense of it there. That the idea is, in order to move from uh, that I can't trust God to, I know I do, is that we need to question. Second, we need to pray. And the third is that we need to surrender. Now, it's kind of dangerous, right, to say, to question God. For some, it may be kind of crazy to think of the idea of questioning God. I mean, I've heard others say, is it okay to question to God? I want us to see that David gives us an example in this. And I think, yes, to say, it is okay to ask God the hard questions. I would say even beyond the shadow of a doubt that questioning God is a thing that we're allowed to do. I mean, David, uh, he is a man after God's own heart and he asks many questions of God in the Psalms particularly. So if David can do it, I think you and I can do it too. Last week, we we looked at the story out of Mark chapter nine about the hurting dad with the son who was possessed by a demon. And I wanna go back to that because I think there's a model there for us as we think about how do we move from not trusting a God we can't see to knowing who God is and knowing that he has his best interest for us. That's exactly what the father does in this story. If you missed that story, you can go back and listen to it in the archives. But let me just try to give a perspective again. that we had a dad who had a son who was fighting an evil spirit. And the scriptures tell us that the spirit caused the boy to convulse actually to the point of foaming at the mouth and almost throwing himself into the fire. And then the dad told Jesus that the evil spirit, I mean, he says here in verse 22, has often thrown him into the fire or water trying to kill him. Now, here's the question I want you to see. It's really interesting. And so the father says to Jesus, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. That's Mark chapter 9, verse 22. So what do you do? I mean, if you're wondering why, you need to ask God why. Don't ask people around you. Take it to God in prayer and just ask him, what's going on, God? How do I understand how to process this? And if you don't know what to do, then that's when we ask God, give me wisdom to better understand what's going on so I can come to some resolution. So if you're hurting, it's all about casting our cares on God, right? And why do we do that? Well, because the scriptures promise us that he cares for us. I I believe scripture teaches a core promise here that God would rather you run to him with your questions than run from him with your doubts. Let me say that again. That God would rather you run to him with your questions than run from him with your doubts. As we lean into this, then, we we ask a question. You you question where, where things are going, and then you pray. Again, let's look at the text here. We have this hurting dad and he poses the question, wondering if Jesus can do anything. And again, I just think how Jesus responds. Uh, he says, If you can, said Jesus, which to me is like, Look, Jesus sort of is saying, Excuse me, have you not paid attention? I've been around here for a while. You're actually asking? I've been doing life here, That I, whether or not I can do this? Are you paying attention? And then what does he say? He says, Everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the fathers claimed, and, and he's, look at what he says, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Now, the dad is struggling, and so he asks the question, if you can. And then what does he do? He prays. And, and he prays what? Help me, I wanna believe, I sort of do, I'm just not there yet. I wanna trust you, God, I'm not sure how. Help me trust you. Help me overcome my unbelief, is what the dad says. So again, there's a model here for us to see as we're leaning into just understanding life is that the dad questioned and then the dad prayed and he prayed for help with his faith. And then how did Jesus respond? Did he say, well, come back to me later when you're a little more serious, when you've done some more Bible study, uh, when you're better prepared, at least you ought to have the mustard seed of faith. And it's amazing what Jesus does. He acknowledges the dad's question And then he heard the dad's prayer, and then Jesus casts out the demon, and he built the dad's faith. Now, how amazing is that? And and it's interesting that when we see these stories, then as we're thinking through our own circumstances, the question comes to each of us is, what do you do? When you face a problem you don't understand, you question, and then you pray, and then finally, this third point is that you surrender. Now... What does it mean to surrender? Well, it means that as you grow in your faith, you will choose to trust God even when you don't understand. I think if you look back through this particular series, some of the harder questions we looked at, that we can see particularly that it really comes down to that, that sometimes in life we have to choose to trust God even when we don't understand the details. There's a great verse in Proverbs that I think speaks to this well. It says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Verses five and six of chapter three. And it's this middle section that grabs my attention because what does scripture tell us? It says not to lean on our or your own understanding. Well, why is that important to understand? Well, the, the idea of what's the, the problem with your own understanding? Well, it's simply this. Our understanding is limited. Have you ever done something where you were sure it was a good idea and then it turned out to be stupid? Well, yeah. I mean, we've all had those, right? These moments of where it's just is crazy. We, we think we've got it put together and then the next thing you know, it's because we don't have a full knowledge of things. The reason why we we move from something that seemed smart at the time to something that turns out to be dumb or not all that smart is is because we don't have the full picture. Now, so basically what God's word is saying is this, don't lean on what's limited. Uh, Don't lean on that which is uh, limited in, in understanding. Instead, the scripture tells us to trust, even though we may not understand the details. Now, it's interesting, the word here, trust, in the original Hebrew is, is batach, B-A-T-A-C-H. It means to stretch out or to lie face down before God. Try this as a picture, that what batach means is that it's about a servant waiting for the master's will or the master's command. So when you trust, you are surrendered to the will of the master. Think of it this way as we travel closer to what we call Holy Week. There on Monday, Thursday, Jesus, after the meal, you may remember that before he went to the cross, he, he finds himself in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's face down and he's praying. He asks this, What? If it's possible, remove this cup. You know, it's this idea of being surrendered. And then Jesus also says, Nevertheless, not my will to the Father, but your will be done. So, how do we do that practically? I mean, what does it mean to trust God with all our heart? Well, again, as we've tried to do through this series, let's talk about what it's not. Last week we talked about what prayer isn't, about getting what we want. And same here, the idea of trusting doesn't mean you always get what you want. It doesn't mean nothing bad ever happens to you, and that's something we need to understand. At the same time, trusting God means that no matter what happens, You believe that God loves you and is working all things for your good, your character, your nature, your goodness. Again, back to the video that I shared from Pastor Sergei, where he spoke about how do you face all that they're facing there in the Ukraine? Why aren't they more fearful? It's incredible to see what's going on, and it does reflect this idea of their character, their nature, and God's goodness. And again we are reminded from the scripture that we know well Romans 8:28. We know that what? That all things, all things, say it again, all things, not some things, but all things, God works for the good of of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Romans 8:28. So when we look at this question, how do you grow to trust in a God you can't see? Again, the process is you question you pray, you surrender. Let's say that again. You question, you pray, you surrender. So, how do you grow to trust in a God you can't see? You question, you pray, and you surrender. I mean, looking at the life of David, what did David do? He questioned, Where are you, God? And then he prayed, One thing I ask that I can dwell with you. And then finally, he, he surrenders it all. And he says, some uh, trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but I'm going to trust in, in the Lord my God. Or the story here of the dad in Mark chapter 9. What did he do? He questioned, says to Jesus, can you do anything? Is there anything that you can make happen here? And so he then prays, right? He says, I do believe, he prays, I do believe And then he he also prays, help me overcome my unbelief. And then finally, what does the dad do? He surrenders. And in that surrender, God heals his son. And it built his faith. And then that leads us to what Jesus did. He modeled it for us all. He questioned. He says to his father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then in just almost the same breath, he moves to... A deeper understanding where he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then what happens? Out of his surrender, what happens is that three days later, the stones rolled away and Christ stands forward in his resurrected body, which is the promise that he gives to each of us, that he's overcome death and brought us victory. That's an amazing thing. So, again, as I was saying earlier, where I am right now, and and so that's where I am right now, uh, thinking about just in this next season for my calling as a pastor and for Linden Road as a place of the kingdom here in Mansfield. As we think about what we get to bring to this community and the good work that we do, offering our space to the Girl Scouts, to the Narcotics Anonymous, to Alcoholics Anonymous, but also for the ministry that we do through Pots and Pans, Uh, that all these things is about better understanding what God is doing. Now, I know that there's not a lot of resolution right now. And as Matt Skolnick led us in this conversation, there's a lot more questions than we have answers. But at the same time, we trust that God, as we ask these questions, and as we pray, and as we surrender, that it's not about what we want, but it's about what God wants to do in and through us that we'll see what happens here. Because we don't understand fully. We do have a limited knowledge. And so in these moments, it's simply this, that I choose to trust. Even though I don't understand the plan, even though I don't understand the details, even though I don't understand what's gonna happen tomorrow, I trust that God has a purpose. So even though I don't understand it, I trust that God has a purpose. What I wanna say to you this morning is that you may be in a place where you're hurting or you may be in a place where you're struggling or you may even be in a place where you're questioning who God is right now and maybe you're wondering how do I trust God when and you fill in the blank and I want us to see here that trust isn't a passive thing that trust is very much an active thing and so that's really important to how we move into this next season of our lives together, coming out of a global pandemic, even in the midst of inflation and uh, even in the, th- the rumors of war and the threat of, uh, of undoing of so many things that we have enjoyed, peace in particular. So again, wh- whatever you might be working through, maybe you're somebody's watching and you're trying to figure out how to find that life partner, right? and there's no godly prospects, and that the biological clock is ticking. Or maybe you're in a relationship that's kind of messy. Maybe you're in a marriage that you're trying to save, and it seems like you're the only one fighting for it. Or many of us right now, especially, that there's way more bills than you have income, it seems like. Or maybe you've prayed and prayed and prayed, and it doesn't seem like anything is happening different. Again, this question of how do we move from Uh, I want to trust God, but I don't know how to, to I do trust God as well. We question, and then you pray, and then we surrender. And then in all of this, it's simply this, we choose to trust, not in a fatalistic way, but in a way that we know that God will show up. So we trust in God with all our heart, and we're told not to lean on our own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, And he will make the path straight. To be reminded, trust doesn't mean you get what you want. And really at the core for all of us, it's about believing that God loves us and believing with the truth of scripture that he is working all things for our good because there are some who trust in horses and chariots. But we as his people trust in the Lord our God and he will go before us even in the uncertainty of the day. So would you pray with me? God, as we think about just all that's going on, we just pray that you would be in the midst of this and that in our uncertainty as we question, that we would find you as we pray. And as we willingly surrender our lives to you, may you show up in ways that we couldn't even imagine. Thank you for the promise of that. Thank you for the life that you've given us through your son, Jesus. And Jesus, we just thank you for that sacrifice on our behalf. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that seals us, and we pray that as we lean into the rest of our time together here today. In your strong name, amen.